0: This is Karen Kelly and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests and the occasional celebrity girl. So my guests today are Maggie Saracek and Abby Greenberg aka the Anxiety Sisters. They host the hugely successful podcast, The Spin Cycle. They're both trained, experienced anxiety counsellors and mental health advocates, and they're authors of their first and second book, The Anxiety Sisters Survival Guide, How You Can Become More Hopeful, Connected and Happy, and also Anxiety 101, A Guide for College Students. Wow, that's incredible. Welcome on board thank you we're so happy to be here that's a great introduction Maggie isn't it yes
1: yes thank you so much really our book that's out right now from Random House is the Anxiety Sister Survival Guide yes so was that the 14th of September it was launched yes that's the big book that was published Brilliant.
2: So Anxiety 101, a guide for college students. That was a book that we self-published to take with us when we did workshops for teens and college students. So we actually, right. we were giving that one out quite a bit. It's not really, it's not for sale.
0: No, brilliant. Well, they both sound amazing. So first of all, it might be a deaf question. Are you sisters? <laughs>
1: <laughs> not, by,
2: not by birth. Not by we're, birth,
1: we're, so soul did, soul we're soul sisters. We're soul sisters. We're best friends, soul sisters. Yeah. Oh, I love. I love that. So, how did you guys come to meet then? When did you first meet? Well, we met at um, university, and um, we we became really close friends. We like to say we recognized um, our our fellow anxiety sister, Uh, we just recognized something in each other. And, you know, we started sharing and becoming really close and stayed very close after university through our 20s, which we um, often describe as the decade of the ifs, um, because we were both really suffering from anxiety, but we didn't really know what it was. So we were going to all these doctors and trying to get all this help for, the symptoms we were having. So we were going to the cardiologists, the psychiatrists, the psychologists, the past life regressionists, the nutritionists, you know, because we, because anxiety is such, the manifestations are so physical often. We yeah. were just going from here to there with a, spending a lot of time and money trying to figure out what was going on um, before we really understood that it was anxiety.
0: So Abby, when did you actually... You know, become
2: the anxiety sisters. How did it all form? It happened on a bus. A bus. <laughs> yeah, we on, a bus. on a bus. We were on a bus. <laughs> yeah, we were on a bus to New York, and the two of us were talking—I guess rather loudly—about the side effects of the anti-anxiety medication we were taking. And uh, within a few seconds, the woman in the seat in front of us turned around and said, "Hey, I, I take that same medicine, and I have that same side effect. What do you do about it?" And before long, the entire bus. Was part of this conversation no when we got off the bus we were walking in in new york and i turned to mags and i said can you imagine that people were willing to be so open about such an intimate subject
1: with complete strangers and mags do you remember what you said mags yeah i said you know this is a really lonely um this is very lonely having anxiety disorder and and like you said before like you don't always feel normal no, right, no, no.
2: right. And so she sort of announced on um, on Ninth Avenue, she kind of announced to New York, we're anxiety sisters. And it's stuck. that. That's, that's absolutely brilliant. So first of all, I know in your podcasts
0: and previously, you've talked about, you know, your symptoms. So how did you both, how did you kind of not overcome it? You don't really get over it. Of course not. But how did uh-huh. you overcome and manage to function with those symptoms? Maybe Abby.
2: Not easily. No, no, I, <laughs> I mean, really, you know, it took us 20 years
0: years—yeah, wow. of
2: honest to goodness, everyday effort to learn how to manage the anxiety. And then we sort of in that process started to figure out some really key things that we realized would enable us to live really happily and well, even though we have anxiety, yeah. because for most people, you can't get rid of the anxiety. You know very few people are lucky and it shows up for a very short period and goes away and we're very jealous of those people (laughs) but for us (laughs) and for most people it's a condition that you have and so once we figured out that we couldn't fight it or eliminate it that helped a lot but it was 20 years of rough going that both Mags and I suffered from agoraphobia at different points in our struggles where we had a really hard time leaving our house or going far from our house because of panic attacks. And, um, and I've suffered from obsessive compulsive disorder my entire life. And there've been times where the compulsions were so bad, I couldn't leave my home. So we really have walked the walk. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we tell people we've not only walked the walk, we've huddled, heaved, hurled, palpitated, sweated, and hyperventilated our way through our lives because, you know, we have felt all the symptoms.
0: And how wonderful, though, that you found each other at a young age, you know, at college, university, and you could, you know, support each other. Mm-hmm. So, so, Maggie, might be a daft question. So, for people that maybe don't quite know what anxiety is, never suffered it, kind of maybe make the odd flippant remark about it, what is, what exactly is anxiety? Of course, I know, but for our <laughs> listeners,
1: what <laughs> well- is anxiety? We like to, that's such a good question. It's a great question. Um, also, I love the word daft because um, it's not a daft question, but it's not a word that we use here. So I love yeah. that word so much. <laughs> that's from like my masterpiece theater. Um, so, <laughs> you have um, the You clearly don't
2: listen to daft punk. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Occasionally. <laughs> no, I meant mags. <laughs> me, me. No, but it's such an, an important question. So there's every... Every human being feels anxiety because it's a very protective kind of emotion that we all have. So it's like you're you're anxious. So, you know, anxiety is what helps us get up in the morning and go to work even when we don't feel like it because yeah. we don't want to lose our job, because we want to eat and take care of our families and everything like that. So that kind of anxiety we all have, and that that kind of helps move us forward and propel us forward in the world. Um the anxiety disorder that we're talking about sort of does the opposite because what it basically is is that we become anxious often in situations that don't, ha- you know, that don't merit the anxiety. Particularly, uh, yeah, definitely, right? The supermarket or whatever—a a situation that doesn't merit the anxiety—and like what we like to say is basically, um, you know, we have these parts of our brain like the amygdala. Right? That our fear. I did
0: mention that because I looked up that word, I looked at the spelling, because I remember listening to it on your podcast and I thought I must bring that up, but you've mentioned it yeah. anyway. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about that.
1: So we I'm have parts it. of Yeah, so we have this part of parts of our brain that basically, you know, process fear and tell us when to when to be afraid, right? Yeah. Um and how to react. And so we all from like sort of an evolutionary perspective, we all have this fight, flight or freeze instinct like when we didn't want to be dinner for a saber-toothed tiger or you know be kidnapped by another tribe or whatever we we knew our anxiety just like kicked in and it was fight flight or free freeze but now we um those of us with anxiety disorder we have these wonky amygdalas and so sometimes we're not in danger or not in necessary danger and but our body thinks it is so misfire. it's a misfire from your amygdala It is a misfire from your amygdala. So, you know, that might be like, oh, I'm in the supermarket and my heart starts racing really fast and I start sweating and I start having all these kinds of um, physical sensations or I get very nauseous or dizzy. And And you're
0: scared of something that you don't know what you're scared of. You're
1: overwhelmed with a fear, aren't you? Oh, yes. Yeah, you're overwhelmed with the fear and overwhelmed with the fear of the symptoms that you seem to be getting for no reason. because yeah, it's exactly. like, well, what's going on? And so,
2: and what's scary is that we then provide the reason, right? We go there, we say, "Gee, I don't know why I'm having these symptoms. Must be a heart that attack it, or a tumor."
1: Cycle, isn't it? Right. <laughs> yeah, and then it, and then you <laughs> yeah, get into means. that whole cycle. And yeah. that is, in a sense, the anxiety. Dis- when you have an anxiety disorder, it actually, instead of moving you forward, just like regular anxiety can do, it actually kind of keeps you in your tracks. It stops you from moving forward because because it's so unpleasant to have that. That eventually you start avoiding things that you think might bring it on. Might trigger it on, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So let's talk about. Um, let's go over to you, Abby. Let's talk about some of these symptoms because I can relate to some of these symptoms, but there's so many and they're all different, aren't Mm -hmm. they? You know, between each individual. Um, Obviously you've got the feeling nervous, restless, tense, paranoid. Paranoia is is a big one as well, isn't it? What are the most common symptoms do you think that people maybe talk to you about or bring up in conversation? Well,
2: before I answer that, which is a wonderful (laughs) question, I just want to say that anything your body can do yeah any absolutely. sound it can make, any fluid it can produce, any weird sensation it can do in response to anxiety. Yeah. So you know, I'm careful when i when when people ask me about common symptoms because really, one size doesn't fit all. We all experience different symptoms. we We've met anxiety sisters who have told us about the most you know, really they sound almost outlandish these symptoms, and then we hear it from other people. Yes. So, so, but I would say that the classics, right? The ones that you see in the media would be cardiac symptoms, anything you'd find on a Bayer aspirin commercial. Yeah. Exactly. Like you're, you know, racing <laughs> heart, you know, uh, shortness of breath, maybe numbness or tingling in your hands. And clammy hands, clammy, cold hands. Yes. Really, cold, hands. cold Clammy hands. Right. Or stomach symptoms are also very classic such as right. Max. Yes, <laughs> <Such> as, <laughs> Nausea, diarrhea. I mean, you know, we, 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 Talk a lot about the anxiety poops, (laughs) so, you know.
1: (laughs) For people feeling like they have to constantly, we we hear from a lot of people that when they're in a doctor's office, they constantly have to pee. They have to stop and pee like every five minutes, right? That's something I can definitely relate to. And then
2: allergy symptoms too. Allergy symptoms like um, hives, rash, itching. Those are very, very common. But then there's, you know, like I said, anything you can think of as a symptom, fatigue, sore muscles, coughing, sneezing yawning
1: burping, burping burping farting yeah, yeah. wonderful and they're done isn't that
0: it, it's amazing isn't it what we can what we put our bodies through suffering with anxiety it's it's, it's really really debilitating isn't it well so our that,
1: body wants to get attention you know yeah. our body wants to say that there, there is no
0: way you can ignore me on this one yeah and you cannot function you, you, you literally when you're really having a bad attack you cannot yeah. function you yes cannot and you normal everyday things or even think straight at all kind of right you? so let's talk about maybe some relief medication exercise or therapy i know on your podcast which we're going to sp- speak about shortly the spin cycle that you've talked about is it ssris and i didn't know what they were because we call them are they antidepressants yeah. Yes. yeah yeah so let's talk about maybe the common common medication that you're aware of and that you would advise people maybe discuss with their doctor if they're really suffering.
1: Right, we always like to caveat everything saying we're not doctors, yeah, right? Yeah, and we course. don't want to give anyone their, their. we don't want to be the ones giving them their medical advice, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. but however-
2: She's a trained practitioner for all medical issues.
1: Yeah, yeah. right. But however, um, you know, our stance on medication is that some people Really need medication, some don't. And some people need medication to help them start to utilize, particularly some of the other ways to cope with anxiety, right? So um, it's great when t- someone tells you, get outside, you know, you're so anxious, get outside, take a walk. Even, you know, someone said um, on our Facebook page the other day, just stop eating sugar. That will, and it's like, well, there are many people who have anxiety who can't eat anything because they're so anxious, or sugar is the only thing they can eat. They can't eat anything else. Yeah. So it's like medication mm-hmm. is really useful um, when you're really, really stuck and like nothing that none of the other things that you're, you can try are working. And there's, the daily medications that we take that are like ssris or snris which are like prozac and zoloft and yeah a lot of the names that you know there's not there's not one that's better for everyone than another you know you really need to be with someone who sort of knows how to assess your issues and what would be right for you
0: before before you carry on with that medication If you in the UK, if you go and see a doctor about anxiety, they're going to put it on the same par as depression. Now, I've suffered anxiety. I haven't necessarily been depressed. Right. I'm I'm sure the general saying is depression is something that maybe you're dwelling on in the past, and anxiety is more the future. Would you agree with that?
2: We look at we look look at it more like a a slowing down versus a revving up.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah, anxiety way doing it. Good anxiety
2: it. revs you up, right? It puts you yeah. in that fight or flight. Whereas depression does what the word depressed means. It slows you down. Yeah. So for, you know, for some people that can mean that their depression will keep them dwelling in the past. But we, we know a lot of anxiety sisters who dwell in the past too. So yeah. they're, they're so closely related anxiety and depression. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in fact, in Europe, they have a mixed anxiety and depression diagnosis, which we don't have in the United States. Our DSM doesn't, doesn't have that yet. Although we think it should, because they go together so often. Um, I forgetting the statistic exactly, but there's a, do you remember it's the like percentage? Per, yeah.
1: It's like, if you, if you've hit depression first, particularly you have like a 50% chance of, um, getting really severe anxiety at some point. And then you know, if you've hit anxiety first, you have a chance. You ha- also have a significantly higher chance of getting depression. depression. So they're really, um, the two really go hand in hand, and and that's why the medications to treat them are oh, generally well, very similar. This is what I was going to say. Are there separate they separate medications? They hit the same place. Or is it one size fits yes. all?
0: Kind of. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. They. They. Most of them, not all of them, but they hit the similar. The same
2: parts of your brain, yeah, yeah, are are acting up, right? It's the same part. The misfires are in the same parts of the brain, even though the results may be different somatically.
0: Yeah, and you've also talked about uh benzos, which I don't quite know what they are. Looked it up, but you have—is it like Valium, equivalent to Valium, yes. that kind of? Yeah, right? you call it yeah. benzos. And you're thinking, what, what benzos? What are they talking about? Well, they're
1: benzodiazepines. That's like their actual name, but. Um, so we didn't want to say that whole name. So we called them benzos, but they're, you know, they're like Valium or um, uh, Ativan, uh, Ativan. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever
0: heard of rescue remedy? Yes. Box yes, rescue of remedy. We rescue love it. Rem- yeah, me too. And that's one thing I've got a drawer full of it. And it's something I always refer to if I'm having a moment. But I didn't, I've not heard you speak about that, you see. Oh, no, we thinking- have it on
1: our, we have it on our website. Oh, okay. web- uh, we, we did a blog about it, basically. Um, yeah, Re- Box Rescue Remedy is. Yeah, it's, um, brilliant. it's brilliant. And we mentioned it as a chaos. great
2: thing to carry with you. If you, if you are prone to anxiety, it's a wonderful thing to carry with you. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever
0: yeah. you go. Yeah. Definitely. And what about therapy and counselling for people who suffer with anxiety? My experience, I'm not going to go into it, it's not about me today, but my experience was people straight out of university weren't experienced, have not had the experience themselves, they couldn't mm. help me. And that's right. my thought right. on it. So I know I mean I've not had therapy for a very long time for you know for anxiety. It was more in my younger years. But oh, there's lots of new treatments now, isn't there? CBT, tapping and the elastic band. Talk us through some therapies that you would recommend or maybe you've had.
1: Well, those those are that's such a that's such a great point. Um, and it's it's interesting because this is an interesting cultural issue that here, you know, we have a little bit of a different way of accessing therapy than you guys. Yes, we have such we, a different healthcare system. Yeah, Definitely. We talk about this all the time that you're, you seem
0: to have um, you allocated a therapist from a young age.
1: Well, here's the, here's the issue here is that, you know, for many people, um, paying for therapy is not very easy because here, you know, you, you pay quite a bit of money for therapy. And so, you know, find, you're right, finding the right therapist and then paying for therapy are all big challenges here. Um, and, and so that is, that very much affects our whole like sort of mental health picture here. It's separate from other health insurance often, and it's very confusing. So that that stops some people. But there's you know part of what we say is we have our community. We're we're very pro therapy, but there's a lot of ther- there's a lot of um, techniques that you can learn to do that can be really helpful um, for yourself you know, that aren't necessarily, you know, but we're not counting out therapy. We, we, we've done it. We think it's very valuable, but there's a lot, you know, we wrote this book and we have this community so that people can learn to, to sort of do very practical things to help themselves.
0: Brilliant. Okay. Okay. So next we're going to go on to exercise. Abby,
2: let's talk about exercise. Do you find that exercise helps you? So, I'm, I'm a good person to ask about exercise because I am a very, I, I, I don't exercise, I move my body. No, I hate exercise, but I like to move. So I do, I, I walk in nature every single day, um, you know, and I, I have a Peloton uh, for the winter months if it's cold or the summer months if it's hot. So I definitely do believe in moving my body. But I have to say that when I was going through the throes of panic and my worst anxiety, I had... All the doctors telling me oh you you have to get in 30 minutes of cardiovascular exercise that will really help release your endorphins the problem was that in my particular instance my endorphins were being released right and left because my heart was racing already my muscles were already tense i already was hot and sweaty so the idea of getting more hot and sweaty i mean i just it was terrifying i couldn't do it so my, here's my feeling about exercise or movement. It's a wonderful way to be healthy overall, and yes, to manage moderate anxiety. If you're having severe anxiety, that may not be your first place to start. That may be, you know, if you're experiencing severe, like panic or um, phobias, things that really are acute, yeah. then there are other things to start with before jumping into exercise, because, you know, you're already hot and bothered, and so the exercise may only make it worse and may make you feel even more panicky. With moderate anxiety, sort of a generalized anxiety, it's a wonderful way to manage. And once you get your severe anxiety under control, which is what our book is all about, once you can do that, then yes, exercise movement is fantastic and and we do it every day. Yeah, brilliant, okay. So we're gonna go on to some tips now.
0: So while I'm talking to you, Abby, let's talk about, if somebody says I'm having a panic, t- panic attack, what should I do? What advice would you give them? A panic attack for the first time maybe.
2: Oh, wow. Yes, so panic attacks, you know, Mags and I always say that we would rather clean the bathroom of a fraternity house, like on a Sunday morning than have oh, another horrific. panic attack. They are horrific. They are so bad. Um, so we, we do lots of things for panic. Our, our, our go-to thing, which helps most people is what we call TLC, which is talk to yourself. Loosen all constraints, cool down. So talk to yourself means that you're going to say out loud, very soothing things, because the most important voice in your head is your own. So if your brain, your ears hears you say, you're going to be okay. We're okay. This is, we're we're going to get through this. This will pass. This is like any other emotion. I can handle this, right? If you're saying, then your brain is going to listen to that and it will automatically start to bring down that fight or flight response and bring you more into that rest and digest. Mm-hmm. So we're really big fans of self-talk. Right. Uh, Loosen constraints, simply, you know, take off anything binding you because anxiety makes you feel very bound, very tense, often claustrophobic. So, you know- and You're very
0: aware of everything, aren't you? Very aware. Yes. Of your yes. sentences are heightened, aren't they?
2: Your, yeah.
1: sentences, are heightened, aren't they? your yeah.
2: sentences are heightened, yeah. Exactly. So we're all about taking off anything that might be constricting you. I mean, even your hairband out of your hair. I'm big about taking off my bra when I'm feeling anxious. I, that, that's the first thing that goes. <laughs> Um, and then finally cool down because as we've said many times on the podcast, um, anxiety heats you up. So when you cool yourself down, even by having a cold glass of water or you know, washing your face with cold water, or, you know, anything that will really flip that switch from fight and flight to rest and digest. It brings you back down that coolness for most people.
0: Okay, Maggie, let's talk about prepping for panic. Mm, Yeah. So
1: (laughs) for those of us that it's such a, it's such an important point. I'm glad you brought that up because for those of us that um, frequently experience anxiety or panic, um, we always recommend having prepping for it because, you know, it's going to (laughs) happen. You're an anxiety sister, you're going to have panic or, or anxiety. So um, we uh, often call panic spinning. Because it, it's sort of, when we hear the word panic, sometimes it makes, makes you it feel tells our brain. Vanity. Yes, exactly. It's like our brain thinks it's a command and we start to panic. Can um, I just say
0: something on that word? Because this was on, on your podcast and I loved yeah. it and I could so relate to it. I couldn't look at the word panic or the look or anxiety, anxious, all those words that were describing yes. how I felt I couldn't look at, I couldn't type, I couldn't write. And I love hearing that in your podcast. Yeah. You just just mentioned it then. So I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: we, we often call it spinning. And so we, we suggest people have something called a spin kit and basically a spin kit is a first aid kit for anxiety. You know, you get a little bag or whatever kind of bag you want and Put in things that will be helpful when you're out in the world with your anxiety. So for us, we often think of that as something to soothe your senses, because like you said, your senses get very heightened when you have anxiety. Um, So that might be like a strong mint, because sometimes like you're sort of floating up in the air a little bit to bring you back to yourself. and Or that might be um, the smell of lavender, like an essential oil or whatever smell you like um that might be something really um to hold something like smooth or soft or that gives you some comfort um some people have a worry stone what about and then animals we also...
0: being close to your animals your dog or your cat oh if you oh those it's are different.
1: that's a big imp- you know sometimes you you can't have them if you're out sometimes yeah. some people can, some can't but yes like animals are are super soothing and so we say if you're out take a picture of your animal and have that with you because that really can be very distracting when you feel yourself getting very anxious pictures of things that soothe you like animals can really be an important part of your spin kit
0: yeah definitely
2: definitely so abby what about don't go it alone this is so important isn't it uh. The most important but yeah. you always say healing from anxiety is not a solo project no. we're human beings we're a social species we're designed to connect with one another so if we don't connect then that's something that actually hurts us as as individuals and as a collective so the reason mags and i started the anxiety sisterhood was because we didn't want anyone to go it alone no one should feel like they're in this on their own um Anxiety is a human condition. We all feel it on some level. So can I just
0: ask though, can I just sure. ask though, Abby, Because I remember being ashamed and embarrassed to describe mm. how I was feeling or my thoughts yeah. at that time. So some yes. people will find it really hard to share. How can they overcome that?
2: Well, first to first to address what you just mentioned about stigma, you know, we don't want to let that one get away. You are so right that there is a lot of blame and shame around mental health issues. And so Mags and I, our mission is to do our very best to stamp that out, because you can live really happily with anxiety, but you cannot live happily with blame and shame, right? I mean, that is just soul killing. So, you know, we really are all about a non-judgmental, safe community. But when you're asking how can people get around that, we have a lot of, we, we, we tell people, come lurk. Come lurk. You don't have to make your your name or face known just hang out with us a little while hear what we're all about be part of it it's free and you can just see if it's a place where you feel safe I have to say our Facebook page the conversations that go on there are so fantastically healing we I think I can't think of a more supportive group you know and it's 200,000 people that are in this group and yet so connected with one another and they help each other out even though they've never met yeah. So I would say, you know, f- find a community so that you don't do this alone because yeah. it is so stigmatized and it is so frightening. So find find folks to do it with. That's, yeah, that's our that's big like thing. People that are going to understand. So the fact that you have
0: got such a high following, what what are the most common questions that you do get
1: asked? Maybe Maggie, you can answer that for us. I mean, we always say there's, there's two most common questions. One is, you know, can can this symptom really be anxiety? You know, can yeah, I be getting you, you, you a rash? From... I remember that. You think you've got yes.
0: something majorly wrong with you, don't you? Yes,
1: yes. That's why we sort of say we had that time of going to the is, because we were running around like, this can't be anxiety. It must be my heart or my stomach or my something else. So yeah. that that's definitely like one very common question. And that's part of being in community is that you see like, you put up a symptom and like 30 other people immediately are like, oh yeah, I have that too. Yeah. Oh, that can be part of anxiety. Yeah. And then people often want to know what to do when you have a panic attack, which Abby went into a little bit before, but we also on our Facebook page have a panic button that um, on our website,
2: website, on our website. I'm
1: sorry. We have a panic button and, um, Abby, how many people push it a a month? You know, last week, 1794 people pushed it. So what happens when they push it? What happens?
2: Oh, um, you get to hear me. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a recording of me. I mean, my husband says that if he had to push a button and hear me, it would cause him to panic. But, <laughs> but it's me sitting with you and talking you down from oh, the fight or flight, bring, bringing you into that rest and digest space, sort of, you know, helping you see that, yeah, you're going to get through this. I'm going to sit with you until you do. That right, And people
1: fantastic. of all ages use it. We have kids use it. We have adults use it. Just everybody uses it. All over the and, world. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And and that's, it's a very, it, it really helps a lot of people. So we always say our panic button. And then, you know, part of the reason we wrote this book is because we know what it's like to have panic attacks. And that's why we put in so many different um, ways to manage panic because we know like what works for one person doesn't work for another and one size doesn't fit all, but it also doesn't fit us two days in a row sometimes. So we really you know, need to have a lot, a lot of techniques yeah, definitely. sort of at our fingertips.
0: Let's talk about the book, The Anxiety Sister Survival Guide, How You Can Become More Hopeful, Connected and Happy. So once again, congratulations. It's a recent Thank you. release. How long did it take you to put this book
2: together?
1: Really? Ten years. <laughs> 10
2: We wrote, we wrote the introduction in 2010, so it is a long
1: time. We spent a lot of time um, as, if you take a look at the book, you'll see that we have a lot of stories in the book from Anxiety Sisters, so we spent years just talking to people about their anxiety, and what they do about it, and how it feels, and, and then You know, of course, now we have this big worldwide community who we hear from every day, which is really sort of like sort of hearing what's going on with anxiety right now. And then we spent, you know, years going to conferences and talking to, you know, professionals in the field, learning from them, too. Um, So we were doing a lot of research along the way and, and trying to sort of figure this all out for ourselves and our community.
2: We, we even took neuroscience classes. <laughs> so wow, it, was, it was a really, it was a, it, was, it was a decade of learning and also of training for what we do now.
0: Have you got a book in front of you that I can have a look at? And maybe you can send me an image and I can post it for oh, you. Oh, we should have.
2: Sisters. Oh, 100%, of
0: course. So, so for our audience, it's a lovely, it looks like a bright orange cover with the anxiety pictures. Yeah. yeah, with a sun in the middle. Yeah, if you send me an image, I'll definitely put that on with the podcast as well. Okay. Um, in in the brilliant. UK,
1: yeah, in the UK, it's published by Hachette. Um, by Sheldon, Sheldon yeah. Press. Sheldon Press. Sheldon right, Press, okay. yeah. Part of Hachette, yeah.
0: Okay, and I was going to ask you actually at the end anyway, is it available on Amazon, Waterstones, all the general? Yes. Um, yes. Yes, 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 and yes brilliant that's going to help so many people so let's let's talk about the podcast as well so the spin cycle so i've listened to series one are
2: you working on more series or have i missed the next series we we've done now we we used to do them in seasons and now we just Mm -hmm. we just do them so we're on episode 37 i think at this point They, they tend to come out like once a month or so every three weeks once a month um we would love to do more it's the editing and everything else that's hard to that's do in. Bit, yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: I mean um, I, I found it incredibly helpful honestly I really did I was walking and running different times and I am not normally one to listen to podcasts when I'm exercising normally I like some music to you know get yeah. me going but I thought no because I knew you were coming on as well this is quite a few weeks ago and I listened to them all and uh, I absolutely love them. And honestly, I really did feel reassured that I was. Oh, thank you. That means a lot to us. Yeah, it really does. I mean, obviously the medication side, I didn't actually take medication. I tried it for two weeks. It didn't work for me, but other, other things did work for me. Um, but what I love about it is your honesty and how open you are about your suffering and your medication. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. On, I'm on Prozac and I'll be on it till I die. It you, just, also you know what? a daily, a daily, uh, what's it called again? Bonzo, was it? Not Bonzo. it? What's it called? <laughs> uh, a benzo. I don't benzo. anymore. I don't anymore, but I did for 10 years. I took a benzo every morning. Yeah. For my panic. And now I've found that I, that I'm doing fine with the Prozac. However, if I started to get that panic again, I would pick up that benzo. I mean, you know, I feel that there is no shame in taking any medication for any condition, right? We wouldn't shame someone if they had diabetes and had to have insulin. Exactly. So for the same reason, why should I be ashamed to say that I take Prozac because I have a wonky amygdala? I mean, anxiety is a real thing located in my brain, and I do so many things to manage my anxiety, but medication is part of it for me and will be my whole life. And um, in, and listen, this, there's side effects because there's side effects for everything, right? Yeah. For yeah. for Tylenol, there's side effects. So you you know, it's not going to be for everyone, and everyone has to decide whether it's worth the trade off. Is it worth the side effects? to be, to feel better, or, you know, or maybe not, depending on how bad the side effects are for you. So we really respect it as a, an intensely personal decision, but not a shameful one. Yeah. Mm. So I have
0: another question before we go. And again, it might be a daft question, daft punk. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, daft punk question. Daft punk question. <laughs> Lucky. Is there any proof during any of your research that maybe anxiety sufferers well, maybe it's
1: genetic. It's a genetic
0: issue. That's yes. a good
2: question.
1: Such a good question. Yes, we always say we inherit it from our children, but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, so I mean, they actually I- have located an anxiety gene.
2: The, oh. the geneticists yeah. are working on that, Um they, and and also, uh, Mags, tell them about the work that Rachel Yehuda is doing.
1: Well, we we definitely know that there's you know these epigenetics. So from from trauma, like especially community trauma. Um, this woman, Rachel Yehuda, started studying Holocaust survivors and their children. And we, and same, some people are studying like the African American experience um, in the United States with slavery and their children. And we're seeing that genes over time get turned on and off. And some of the genes that get turned on um, put you more into fight, flight, or freeze easier because, you know if you come from a people that have experienced a trauma, say, you needed to be sort of on high alert all the time or experience generational trauma. Um, And then we know that there's there's definitely some genetic components. Like, it's how we are wired and what genes are on and off. There's definitely a genetic component. And then there's definitely, like, if you grow up in an anxious house, you... You learn to be anxious yes, you often. To be anxious, of course, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, I mean, that is just we they used to know say, say that at,
2: that in Maggie's house, anxiety was in the air.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like what you breathe, like oxygen. So it's so there's a combination, and it's hard to parse out like, oh, this is modeling and this is genetics because genes get turned on and off. You know, that's what we're starting to realize. But there's definitely definitely a genetic component to all of this. And And
2: certain things have, have a stronger component, you know, like uh, obsessive compulsive disorder definitely has a strong genetic component.
0: Yeah. So how are you guys both doing now? If you can compare your life now to maybe of when you were students and you first met, how, how are you, how are you coping with, do you have your off days still where you can't go out of the house or you pretty much, on a whole, you've you kind of got it together, and you know your triggers to avoid and, and things like
1: that. That's such a good question. Um, we, I would say that you know, for me, and I, I don't want to speak for Abby, but although I do know, you know, how she is being, that we speak it's to me. Today, but um, I think that both of us, you know, we will always have what we call anxious brains, right? That is sort of how we are wired. Yeah. And at the same time, we've learned so many um, anxiety management strategies and techniques that we really I don't think either one of us has days where we feel like we can't leave the house or we don't have ex- the extreme kind of panic anymore we've really sort of um been able to manage that piece do a lot preventatively and a really lot but well we prep for panic and we do a lot of things like abby was talking about just being able to walk out in nature which maybe we couldn't have done at one point because of our anxiety but now we do it and we both know that's very preventative for us um in terms of you know how we how our anxiety health is it sort of prevents a lot for us i um. would say like anything else
2: practice makes perfect right and or practice makes progress and you know, we've had a lot of years of practice now. We've been we've been working on the stuff that we have written about in our book for 30 years altogether. You're so experts. at this point Absolutely experts. Well, yeah, we've walked the walk and we've done and every single technique that we talk about in the book, we've tried it. <laughs> so, and on some days they've worked and on some days they haven't, which is why we believe in the whole t- the giant toolkit kind of thing, because no one size fits all. But I would say Mags is right in that, yes, of course, we're both still anxiety sisters and always will be. And there's definitely the phone call at least, I don't know, every couple of weeks where one of us says, do you, is this really, anxiety? you think this is really anxiety or do you think I should go to the doctor? <laughs> but we don't have days anymore that are taken from us by our anxiety. We really don't. We have gotten to a place where we are in the driver's seat. We make our own choices, our own decisions about where we'll go, what we'll do, who we'll see, even if we have to struggle through them sometimes. I mean, I, I will make a decision about something that I'm going to do that I know will make me anxious. Like I'm going right. on TV tomorrow night and I know I'm going to be anxious, yeah. <laughs> but I'm doing it Rescue anyway. Remedy. Rescue remedy. Rescue yes. remedy. I'm, I'm doing it anyway. I will talk myself through it. And if something goes wrong, Maggie will pick it up. Yeah, (laughs) You know,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean that. And that's what we try to say is that as long as you're in a place where your anxiety doesn't make the decisions for you about where you go, what you do, who you see, you know, having the anxiety is just part of being human, but it's like not letting it make your decisions is really where we want to help people get to.
0: Yeah.
1: If you know,
2: we, we tell people, if you notice your anxiety there first thing in the morning, here's what you say. You're here fine but you're not driving
0: yeah yeah be totally in control i love that our oh, ladies abs and mags it's been so gorgeous meeting you and talking Aww, to you today so- especially that i had a picture of you and listening to the podcast it's so nice to meet you in person but for our listeners how can they join the facebook group
1: what's it called and how can they how can they jump on board you can um jump on board just anxiety sisters yeah. um Go on Facebook. Look up the anxiety Anxiety Sisters. You can go on our website, which is anxiety dot Our Instagram is Anxiety Sisters. Every D, every place. D, the only thing that Anxiety
2: with, Sisters Max. The
1: Anxiety Sisters. Yeah, but you can look up Anxiety Sisters. You'll find it. Um, Not unless you put a B there. The, oh really? <laughs>
2: yeah, because there's another. <laughs> no, there's another Anxiety Sisters. These two sisters who call themselves Anxiety oh, Sisters. Oh,
1: I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't yeah. know. know that. And then um, I'd love the to one, meet them. They're,
2: they're very nice. <laughs> the,
1: one, the one thing to remember is our podcast is the spin cycle with the anxiety sisters. We would love to see you guys, you know, come and join us in any way you feel comfortable. Definitely. Yes, our, our groups are free. They're
2: always free and open to everyone um, of any gender with any amount of anxiety.
0: I will post uh, the link and everything when I put the, po- when I put the podcast up. Thank Everything's you. there so people can join. Oh, uh, once again, all the best with your books as well. I hope they do. Be thank here. you. They're going to help so many people. And I wish you all the best with your podcasts and everything else that comes along from me. Oh, thank sisters. you. We hope and
2: we are. You, you're in the UK, right, Karen? Yes.
0: Yes, I am. Yeah. Well,
2: we're hoping to get there at some point in 22 to help promote the book. So we would love to, to hook up with you if we can.
0: Definitely. we would. I would love to. Definitely. Oh, that'd be fantastic. So I wish you all the best with that. And I look forward to catching up with you in the UK. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Bye, Karen. You've been listening to An Appetite for Life, sponsored by Daybank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. If you are interested in any of my packages or wish to be a guest on this show, then you can contact me via my social media pages, Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send an email to Kelly at btinternet.com.